listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this last day of April, the 30th, in the year of our Lord, 2020. And being a Rumination Thursday, it is a co-host program with myself, Pastor Tom Baker, and also with Pastor Wes Reimnitz. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yes. We all miss not going able to go to church, but as you know, I'm sending out sermons, Bible studies. I even have a conference Bible study I'm doing now for individuals at these four churches I'm working with that do not have computers. A lot of people think everybody Mm. owns a computer, but there are a number of these churches that don't have computers. My mother never had a computer. Did your parents? (laughs) <laughs> I had an uncle that did. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he had the whole wall wall of his office there with a computer. He was one of the first in, in the churches. My uncle Charles out of Lincoln, Nebraska, served Christ Lutheran Church. He had one that covered the whole wall, and it was a 128K computer at that time. Well, we're talking today about an article that Martin Luther wrote concerning Christian liberty, and I'm really happy that Luther didn't have a computer, because the one you sent me was really long, and if he had had a computer, it would have been four times longer. Can you imagine if he had that software you have where you speak into the computer and it prints it up for you? Yeah. I mean, it was 30-some pages long out of the American edition when I looked at it. So I was able to find it. What is that software that you can speak into? Oh, it's called the the, uh, Dragon. Dragon, that's right. I can remember, yes. Isn't that amazing? You talk into it and it types it up. And how accurate is it in spelling? It's pretty good. You, You have to kind of teach each other the, the software and yourself to yeah. do your voice and, and and the spellings and things like that, but it does pretty good. Well, on this freedom of a Christian, and I think that's part of the reason you chose that to speak about today, Luther makes a statement, in light of all of these items going on where we're supposed to stay in our houses and we have to listen to the government, Luther states, A Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. So why do we have to stay in our houses if Luther says we're subject to none? Well, yeah, subject to none, but you're subject only to to, to Christ himself. I mean, as we go through and discuss this, you know, I had several questions in mind that, that I thought would we we could go over with the freedom of Christian liberty, like who is my neighbor during the reopening? Who is my neighbor during the shutdown? Uh, what is my freedom during this shutdown? What is my freedom during the opening? And I think you encapsulated to start with when you talk about that we're, we're Lord of all and subject to none. Well, you know, that's only half of what Luther said. Well, yeah, there was the other one, that we are perfectly a dutiful servant of all. 
And it ends as subject to all. To all, right. So he himself says in his Freedom of the Christian, that sounds like a contradiction, that a Christian is a perfectly free Lord subject to no one, and he's also a perfectly dutiful servant subject to all. Where does he well, get this that? Is what I, <laughs> that? That's what I was going to say. Where does he get it from? He gets it from the Bible, from, from, the, from the Word. I mean, as you read through this document, it, about every page he's backing it up with, with a scripture passage. For instance, this one is from 1 Corinthians 9. For though I'm free from all men, I made myself a slave to all. And then in Romans 13, oh, no one except to, to love one another. And then he goes in Galatians chapter 4, born of a woman, born under the law. And Philippians 2, in the form of God and a servant, and of a servant. So he talks about the, the, the Christian under his life of Christ and, and, and uh, being a servant to, to, to all people. And whose example are we following when we do that? Ah, we're following Christ. Yes, excellent. Yes, Jesus is the one who is really subject to nobody. He was a free Lord, but because of his love for you and me, he became a perfectly dutiful servant of us all, and he was subject to all, including Pontius Pilate, the Roman soldiers, the Pharisees, etc., in order to die on the cross for our sins. So this concept comes not only from these quotations you made from Paul, but also from Jesus himself. Now, how do you understand that fitting in with this uh, coronavirus? Well, I, I think, first of all, the, the Christian needs to, I would say the Christian needs to see themselves free uh, by by the promises that we believe in in in, in Christ that we are uh, saved by Him, and then uh, secondly, how does this fit into us serving our, our our neighbor? Yeah, I guess the way when I read this, if the government was saying you Christians cannot worship, then we would say no, we're perfectly free lords to worship were subject to no one in that area. But if the government says that we don't want people more than 10 at a time in a room and you have to wear masks all the time, that seems to be an appropriate way in trying to keep the virus from spreading. And in that way, we're a dutiful servant of the government and subject to all. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way of putting it. I think that's well said. Uh, you know, also in, in – go ahead. There's a huge problem, though. Uh, here in uh, the St. Louis area, we have a town called Eureka, and they are told to shut down, not open restaurants. Well, they're going to be – not listening to that law and opening up restaurants because too many people not only have lost their jobs, but they have no way of getting any money. 
And so they're mm. going to be opening up starting Monday, regardless of what the governor says or the leading authorities. And there's a big fight over as to whether or not a government official can make such a law to say you can't be open or not. What's your thinking on that? <laughs> we're, we're experiencing the same problem over here in Illinois. Uh, somebody had sued the, the governor of Illinois saying his emergency powers were only 30 days, and, and afterwards uh, we have to open up, and that's under appeal. But uh, uh, I think what's going to happen is that they may open up, but a lot of people are going to still too, be too scared to come because I think they, could, they might get the virus still. I, I would agree with you. There's there's part of that, but the the other parts, you know, you, you have to sit down and, and I think listen to what they're what they're saying in terms of. Uh, whether it's spread far enough, uh, because even our governor uh, started uh, to level off a little bit and talk about that, that he will try to help uh, open up in areas of Illinois where they could. But his concern was, he can't write to it, is is the life of individuals keep contracting the virus and dying. And I think that's, that's the part... I think we need to be listening to as well as, you know, the, the need to open up and get our businesses going again. It's it's a fine line. Yeah, a lot of people can't pay their rent right now. Uh, they don't have sufficient money to go to the grocery stores. And even if they go there, uh, I just read an article where a lot of the meat processing plants have closed down because I don't know if you've ever been to a slaughterhouse, but they – the people work shoulder to shoulder in processing that pork or that beef to get out, and they have closed down because too many people were catching the virus. Right, and yet at the, at the, the same time, uh, there's a number of churches, uh, Missouri Center churches that I know of, that, that are requesting food donations, you know, dropping them off at the church, setting up times, of course, experiencing our... Uh, social distance that we're supposed to keep but but uh because uh people are unable to buy food and rent and things like that they're we're reaching out and who is my neighbor during this but uh um, my my community that that i live in that uh, is in need of, of those that are experiencing problems buying food yes there are some businesses that are actually growing uh, because of this, I got a letter from Uber yesterday. You know, I drive and I have been picking people up, but it's really hard because hardly anyone is using Uber or Lyft simply because there's nowhere place they can go to. So Uber is suggesting that they have a number of restaurants, grocery stores, Amazon.com that are willing to hire us to deliver packages and what, or, or food. What we do, we just go to the door, knock on the door, leave the package on the porch, and leave. We don't even meet with the people. So that's part of your uh, who my neighbor is? I think that you're willing to take 
the opportunity to serve the neighbor. Somebody has to deliver the food. You've got elderly people who can hardly get out of their house, and now they can't. And to go to a grocery store. Now, there are some grocery stores where you actually have senior hours. You have that in Illinois, like at oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Walmart, I Sam's. think it's really yeah. early. But, um, yeah, Sam's is it? Yeah, Sam's another place. We were uh, around yesterday, went to Trader Joe's. And uh, they had people lined up outside. They were only allowing, I think it was 17 in the store, and no one could go in until somebody had come out. Mm. But I think you bring up a good point uh, in in talking about how we need to serve the elderly that can't get out or others that may be at high risk and can't get out because as they start to open up, those still would be categories that could not get out, and they are our neighbor that we, we need to be watchful and mindful that uh, that we're getting food and care to them and help serving their needs. One of the big points that Luther writes about on the freedom of a Christian, he says that as we are fully forgiven children of God, we're no longer compelled to keep God's law to obtain salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. However, we freely and willingly are willing to serve God and their neighbors. Now, what what, what he done there is that Luther has explained that, no, don't consider these good works you're doing to the neighbor as a way in which God is looking at you and saying, you're going to heaven. That's really not true. We're never going to heaven by our good works. But the good works flow after we have been totally saved as we regard what Jesus did for us as our servant. Uh, I think that's well said. Uh, I know one pastor that would, uh, in his sermons occasionally, would would. Uh, talk to them, talk to the congregation about uh, faith in Christ and the promise, trusting in the promises that made us free. And as we walk from church, we were, we, we walk to serve our, our Lord Jesus Christ in, in the freedom that we have through salvation. It's kind of like a parent to a child. A parent isn't told by God Make sure you feed and clothe and house your child in order that that child will become your child. No. The child already has become their child. They now have one, wouldn't even call it a responsibility, as it is a privilege to feed and house and take care of their children because of their love for their children. I think that's a good way, good good illustration of putting it. You know, it just uh, as as Luther says, bearing one another's burden, working for another. And he was referring to Galatians chapter six, and in referring to Galatians chapter two, uh, he he went on to say, Christians like Christ, his head is filled and made rich by faith. So it's it's. 
you know, we look to Christ who, who justifies and makes us free. And then uh, we, we look to our neighbor to see how we can serve them. Yes. We also have now the opportunity to share with people what we truly believe. And that's really good. I'll give you an example. I, I've talked about this, I think, on the radio, but in case people hadn't heard it, uh, I was recently uh, at, at the hospital getting a test, and there was four people in the room. Two of them were nurses, and one was my wife and myself. And they found out I was a pastor, of course. What religion? Lutheran. And then the Roman Catholic nurse said, well, I'm Roman Catholic, and um, I understand you also have a radio program. Yes, well, what do I talk about? And I said, well, what do you think about being a Roman Catholic? She says, the more I am, the more I think I see how close Lutherans and Roman Catholics are. And I looked at her and I said, that's the reason I have my radio program to show you that you are wrong in that view, that Lutherans and Roman Catholics have some real differences. However, I said, I believe that a Roman Catholic, a Presbyterian, a Methodist, a Baptist, these are all going to be saved because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And our differences are such that, yeah, we don't pray to Mary, we don't believe in purgatory, but we don't believe that that's going to send somebody to hell. Who believes that? And then the other nurse, she said, well, I don't go to church, but I believe that anyone who is a good person will be saved mm -hmm. by God. So I looked at her, and here's what I said to her. I said, do you remember the Pharisees in the Bible? She said, oh, yes. I said, they were really good people. There was no widow that they would not take care of. They took care of Jews when they became hungry. They gave them food. They helped with lodging. They were considered to be wonderfully good people. And then I asked her, do you remember what Jesus said about them? She said, no. Your father is the devil. Devil. And so I was yeah. making the point that being good was not sufficient. And the Roman Catholic agreed with me that faith in Jesus Christ is what is necessary. So there's an opportunity where the virus and a situation I was in uh, provided an opportunity to share what the Bible really teaches of salvation, not by works, not by being good, but by trusting the promises of the gospel. Yeah, well said. And, and uh, Luther would go on to say from John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He believes in me. Though he die, yet shall he live. And again, if the Son makes you free, you should be free indeed. And uh, he would uh, say that, that without anything except the Word of God and where the Word of God is is rich, you lack nothing. You, it's it's all about our promises, as you said, in, in trusting in the promises of Christ our Lord and seeing that in the Scripture as it unfolds before us.
Yeah, that's a good point to be making because you probably were hearing our Tuesday broadcast with uh, Mark Smith. The hymn for this coming uh, Sunday says exactly what you just said. It's the king of love my shepherd is, and it it talks about that we will have no wants. uh, We will not be in need of anything. And I questioned Mark about that. I said, well, wait a minute. There's a lot of Christians who have needs and wants. But the explanation is, from God's point of view, there's nothing that we need that he does not provide. Yeah, that, uh, even as a Christian, sometimes that's that's hard for us to take a look at. But he does richly and daily provides us with all our needs and wants as, as we look at the, you know, the petition in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. I had a call from one of our listeners asking about what is joy in the Bible. And I said, well, you have to take a look at it. I, I believe that she was in a Bible study where, of course, uh, it was a woman's Bible study and they were giving thinking that joy meant happiness, and how can you have happiness uh, uh, without joy? And I, I made the point that the word joy appears a couple, uh, well, a number of times in the Bible. It appears, remember, when Jesus picks up the lost sheep, puts it on his shoulder, he does that with joy. When he finds a treasure in the field, that is with joy. And then... What's that Hebrews passage? For the joy that was set before him, before him, yeah. He despised the shame and went the way of the cross. Obviously, he was not going to be happy on the cross because joy is not an emotion. I said it is an attitude that one has, and I said the way to get that across to the women is to ask them this question. Are you happy when someone close to you dies and you attend the funeral? And they say, no, we're not happy. But are you joyous? And they say, oh, yes, because the person is in heaven. And so that's a way to distinguish between happiness and joy. As you're talking about that, it reminds me of a Lutheran nurse out east that uh, I was talking with, and and she was ahead of many nurses, and they're they're all worried about catching the virus, and if they catch the virus, will they die, and things of that nature. And you know, she she began to look at them and said, you know, whether you live or whether you die, if if you're believer in, in Christ, you, you've won. You're still here, or you'll be in heaven with, with our Lord. And uh, that was her her witness to her nurses. See, there are opportunities we have right now. In fact, I'm hearing that a number of churches, by putting out sermons, etc., actually have an increase in attendance in listening to those than actually were attending church. Uh, yes, I've heard the same too. That uh, they're beginning to to listen and and pick up uh, more. And I think it's it, it's added to their 
enrichment, don't you think, that they, they, as they sit down and work through this and open up their Bibles and take a look at what's being said, uh, they, they can discern that uh, it's not our works, but uh, faith in Christ and trust in his promises that make the difference. It's the work of the law that makes them thirsty for hearing good news. And when you're kind of caught in your house, not able to go out much, and you're worried about the illness, then it's a perfect time for the gospel to come when people realize, boy, I am not in control of my life. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Pastor. Uh, Tomorrow, although it's an open mic Friday, email me and we'll sure discuss anything that you send. God bless. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.